Well, hi there. Welcome to Let Go Lean In, my podcast of resources to help you learn to lead yourself and others well in the three crucial areas of work, life, and faith. I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. I'm an educator, researcher, and coach who can't stop sharing what I've been learning. Each episode will have a focused learning and practice, think lesson plan. Whether it's through a conversation with another leader, a book or podcast recommendation, or a personal story of my own experience. It's my desire to offer something of value for you in each episode to help you identify areas or self-limiting beliefs that have been hindering you in living the life of creativity, passion, and joy that God offers you every day. Now that may sound like a tall order or a pipe dream, but I know it is possible. Like Emily Dickinson, I dwell in possibilities. Okay, let's get to today's episode. Well, welcome, dear listener, to another episode of Let Go, Lean In, and I am thrilled today to have a conversation with a wonderful woman of God who I had the privilege of meeting way back in 2013, but you probably already know her as well, Mm -hmm. Holly Girth. Holly, welcome to Let Go, Lean In. Thank you for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it. Oh. I appreciate you and all that you have shared into the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ups, the downs, and we're going to talk about those little things, the threads and stuff. But first, I'm going to share Holly's official bio with you, not my unofficial bio, (laughs) the real one. Holly, yours is probably better. (laughs) Oh, well, I don't know. It it might be uh, more uh, in a common vernacular or whatever, but I love what this says. So here we go. Holly Girth is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author, licensed counselor, and life coach. She imagines a world where we all become who we're created to be, use our strengths to serve, and grow for a lifetime. Holly co-founded the groundbreaking blogging community Encourage and co-hosts the popular podcast More Than Small Talk. And I will include your website in the show notes for everybody, but I'll tell you what it is. It's hollygirth.com. So again, it's just so exciting to me that I get to see you face to face again and, and just hear from you for the women who are leading in whatever space they're leading in uh, a word of encouragement. Cause I know that's who you are. You are an encourager totally. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to ask just three basic questions, but you know, conversation always kinds of leads and ebbs and flows. So let's start with the one I love best. Cause it's a story driven one. Is there an early memory that you have of when leadership kind of showed up in your life? Yeah, that is a great question. So what comes to mind is when I was in junior high, I was just starting to be part of youth group 
And I decided that I was going to haul all my friends to youth group with me. So I literally went through my little address book, which back then was not contacts in your phone. You know, it was the little book that you wrote in pencil because someone might move. Yes. <laughs> and I called different. everyone in there, which I'm an introvert. So looking back, mm -hmm. that surprises me. But I called everyone in there and invited them. And then a few people said, yeah, I'll go with you. And so my parents had a giant gray van. I must have been old enough to drive, actually. So probably early high school rather than junior high. But um, my parents had a giant gray van. And I would go around and pick up about eight kids in that van and haul them to youth group every week. So, uh, yeah. And I was never one of the popular kids, but I always had I always built my own tribe, I guess. Mm -hmm. I always seem to kind of gather women around me. But that is one of my first memories, uh, me and that big gray van. <laughs> I, I love that. And, <laughs> and you didn't have the position of leadership. You weren't called a leader, and yet you led other people to youth group. I love that. What a great, what a great beginning and recognizing gathering as an important component. That's just, that's so good. So kind of moving forward from that gathering your own tribe together, regardless of popularity, but it's nice, <laughs> to, you know, because some of us were on the outskirts in high school. <laughs> there was a gatherer like you. That's yeah. so important to remember that we can all be in that place. But as you think about leadership going forward from that gray van, uh, year and set of times um what what is i love the literary term a through line what what might be the through line of leadership for you what yeah i think the through line would be intentional connection mm. you know i read something that said leadership used to be like a pyramid where one person at the top had the power that's what leadership looked like for a long time. For example, a newscaster, you know, for a long time, we got a lot of our information from one person who had a position. And now leadership looks like a web where if you're at the center of a web of connected relationships, that's what actually makes you a leader. And so me with my reaching out to all those people to invite them to youth group would be that kind of leadership. And so I think that's for me, the through line, you know, that I've always intentionally reached out to people. It started with the gray van, turned into the website Encourage that I co-founded. That was one of the first communities for Christian women online. Right. And we just intentionally reached out to a group of writers after really praying about it and said, hey, you know, do you want to be part of this? Do you want to get in the van? <laughs> Basically, yeah, you know, and go on this adventure. Yeah. yeah. And even in my local community, I did the same with creating a group for writers. I would run into people at coffee shops and they'd say, I like to write. And I'd say, I've got this little group of writers that meet sometimes. Do you want to come? Oh. And so... I've struggled to see myself as a traditional leader because I'm quieter. I don't have a big personality. I'm not bold or want to say I want to be upfront and in charge, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's been helpful to me to realize there are different kinds of leadership and that everyone can be their own kind of leader. But I would say if I had an a leadership style, that would kind of be it. Like that intentional connection is the through line for me. I love that. And it's that 
important word, intentional. Mm-hmm. You're not waiting to meet people and and sitting back. And you are a self-admitted introvert and you've spoken openly about how that can impact how we interact, right? An introvert might not step forward in a big room of people. They're waiting, watching, but you in your intentionality reach out to people. And that that takes courage. It it really does <laughs> to step outside of what you might be more comfortable waiting to be invited. Does that resonate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did a lot of research for my book, The Powerful Purpose of Introverts. And I found that when they do surveys, like there was some 40 year leadership survey of extroverts and introverts in leadership and mm-hmm. introverts score just as well. Like they just led differently. And that was so helpful to me too, to say like, okay, I don't need to change who I am to lead. I need to, as your podcast, lean into who I am to lead. And so, yeah. And so that has been really helpful for me too. I love that. Thank you so much for that plug. You know, it (laughs) is women lead differently than men do. And extroverts lead differently than introverts. And so that's one of the things that I encourage. I'm also a coach, specifically leadership, but I encourage people to get to know themselves Mm -hmm. and to really pay attention to the ebb and flow of their energy, to the ebb and flow of their passion and the things that they they want to lean in toward and the things that they kind of go, hmm, I don't know if I, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And learning ourselves is one of the, the things that then we can help our people recognize is valuable. And so I loved you taking the time to see the value of introversion and recognize it's, it's not a a bad thing. You're not the shy kid standing off in the corner. It means you need to be energized differently. And, yeah. and that's, that's okay. And, and God does all things well. And so his purpose is to have all of us doing things a little bit differently so that we can mm-hmm. reach everybody. Right. That's, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, there are as much as we do lean in to our leadership and and pay attention to how we're wired, there are things that happen in life that can derail us and get us not only off in the weeds, but away from keeping our eyes on the Lord and the purpose that he invites us to and the journey that we're on. That's one of the things I've loved about listening to um, your podcast, because the three of you talk about the journey that life is. And so we get to, you know, the season, the second half of life. That's um, a term that I've heard bantered around and and read about in uh, Father Richard Rohr's book, Mm -hmm. Falling Upward, talking about the first half of life is building and, and acquiring and achieving and things. And the second half of life is that transformation and, and recognizing what we want to carry forward with us. And so the the ebb and flow, the hurts, all of that sets the stage for, you know, where you are and that the high and the low points that you recognize have shaped you to this point. Is there, is there one standout 
you know, even as you did your research for that particular book about introversion, that was a healing aspect as you looked at it. Yeah. Well, I would say one thing, one of the hardest things I had to learn was to stop trying to be someone I'm not. And I went through, I put myself into burnout because when I first started writing and speaking, I thought I have to be an extrovert now. Like I remember thinking that like, I have to, you know, step it up, go to the next level. Like I have to just do this. And there was a season years ago when I think I spoke 20 times in one year and maybe someone else could pull that off. But I remember being at the last conference and I was the keynote uh, the night before. And in Sunday morning worship, I just had tears coming down my face Mm -hmm. and I felt like God just whispered to my heart. It's time to go home. No, it's time to go home. And I knew he meant get on a plane, go home, take a nap, because you certainly need one. (laughs) But also go home to who I created you to be. Mm. You know, like I never paused to ask, God, is this really what you expect of me? Mm. You know, I just seen expectations and I automatically thought I have to meet those. And I learned that that's not the case. And so that was really the start of me writing that book about introverts. I did a deep dive into who did God create me to be. Uh, and as I did, I, I was like, other people need to hear this too. Like, yeah, you know, my fellow introverts, the extroverts who love them, like, this is important to talk about. And so I find that when I drift as a leader, it's when I take on expectations that God never intended me to Mm, carry such that can be the pressure to be someone I'm not it can be the pressure to meet you know goals that someone else has set that don't fit me I think there's two types internal expectations we place on ourselves and external expectations other people place on us and I think as a leader to thrive for a lifetime we need to learn to navigate both of those maybe even release both what do you think you're a leadership coach what would you say (laughs) I I'm I'm saying you're you're putting a little t-ball right here for me (laughs) because that's exactly the thing that we need to examine is what is our mindset what are the expectations that we have taken on whether it's external or internal and we need to identify them first and then learn to let them go yeah. The self-limiting beliefs. That's what expectations do. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, here's my your self-limiting li- belief that you needed to show up and be an extrovert and speak that many times in order to achieve what is expected of you as as an author and as a speaker. Yeah. And and maybe even it if depending on how your faith has been taught in early years the expectation that that's what God has for you Mm -hmm. is that you get out in front. And even Moses didn't want to get up and say, (laughs) I mean, if we we really read scripture, he's like, "Uh, can't you send somebody else? (laughs) And, and yet we take on those cultural expectations, especially, and then our inner narrative. So yes, to be able to do that deep dive and look at what am I believing that doesn't line up with what is God saying to me. And, and so let go of those things and lean in. I, I love that Jesus invites us when we're exhausted, 
lean in, lean into him and Mm -hmm. watch how he does this unforced rhythm of grace. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that line from the message. Oh, it's just so comforting. And we do get in seasons that are demanding time-wise because of, you know, deadlines and, and the, you know, tyranny of, okay, this next thing has to happen. And yet we're able to push pause when we recognize this is a limit in myself time-wise, I don't have the capacity and at this moment. So I'm going to need to take a break and you tell your team or your husband or the rest of your, your circle of uh, gray van friends or whomever (laughs) is like, I can't do that right now. And if you didn't know that you would Mm -hmm. get to burnout like you experienced. So, so how has it been different for you? Well, I learned that for yourself, that particular lesson. Yeah. Well, I think understanding who I'm created to be gave me a filter for Mm. new opportunities. Mm. And so I do still speak sometimes, not very often, but I know, okay, if I speak, I need a buffer day before and after, you know, like I, I need rest built in. I'm better at certain kinds of events rather than, you know, a week long conference where I need to be on all the time would probably be more challenging than you know, a different type of event. And so I think that's important. I think I've learned to ask what is doable and what is sustainable Mm. because those are two different things. We can do pretty much anything for a little while, like that year I did it. I pulled it off and God did a lot of good through it. Right. But at the end of that year, I discovered this isn't sustainable for me Mm. where I have other friends who are love to speak. That's their favorite thing. And they can do that year after year after year. And it's sustainable for them. Where if someone said you have to sit by yourself and write for hours every day, like maybe they could do it to meet a book deadline, but for them, that wouldn't be sustainable. And so I think that's (laughs) important to ask, you know, like what is doable and what's sustainable? And that's a question I find myself circling back to a lot. Yeah. And then what is doable and sustainable in this season? Because it changes, right? Right. Um, right? You talk a lot about that. So maybe you could speak to that. Like, how do we, how do we adapt based on the season of life we're in? Right. You, think? you know, that's a great question for, for all of us to, to hold and really think about what is sustainable in this season. You have to be aware and you know as well as I do as coaches you can't give that to somebody it has to be a growing awareness within them that this is is not fitting anymore this coat that I'm putting on or whatever it might be what is truly going to fit and that takes that time and intention to be quiet before the Lord and, you know, whether it's quiet seated in a, in a cozy chair with a, a blanket and a cup of tea, or it's quiet out in the woods hiking or whatever it might be, that quiet is where we can hear the whisper that God is inviting us to, to rest, to go home, as you said, yeah. or, or to, this is the way walk in it, you know, turn Mm -hmm. to the left or turn to the right as, as it were. And, and we, in this culture don't do quiet very well. 
and and that's in and of itself a challenge for for women especially because i think of amy grant's song hats from years ago it's like this, this, <laughs> i love this, amy grant you know <laughs> i know right and and it's and it's hard to make intentional quiet for ourselves to to just be with god and listen to his invitation and so yeah for all of us in every season that quiet has to be a starting point in in my humble estimation however it comes whether it's 5 minutes before you you know start waking up the household or it's a a commute that you turn off your podcast and and music and news radio or whatever and you're listening in silence and uh not trying to tell other people how to drive <laughs> depending mm -hmm. on what it might be but that invitation is there and we can just take hold of it and find out what is sustainable for us for sure yeah. and and speaking of of what is sustainable i really believe that that the lord invites us to step forward in every season that we're here there, there is something he invites us to participate in because we're to be kingdom builders. And so I'm just curious in this season, what invitation you may be hearing from Jesus at this point? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the invitation in this season is actually rest. Mm. <laughs> I had a really intense year last year, um, mm -hmm. professionally, personally, health-wise. I've had a lot of ups and downs mm. and the word I keep hearing is rest. And mm. so I keep asking, what does intentional rest look like? Uh -huh. Because I think true rest isn't just the absence of things. It's the presence of what's restorative. Uh -huh. And so that's what I'm asking is, you know, what does rest look like in this season of my life? And mm. it's, it's a difficult invitation for leaders, I think. Oh, because yes. it's much easier if someone was like, Holly, here's your hundred item to do list. Then I would be like, okay, I'm on it. Like I'll have it to you by Friday, you know, yep. but when the invitation of Jesus is rest, I'm like, are you sure about that? You know, don't you need me to be more productive? Isn't that maybe a little bit selfish? Like, yeah. couldn't I be doing more? And so it's interesting how I think that invitation, I think, especially is as women who lead can sometimes be the hardest one. Mm -hmm. What have you found with your, your people that you coach? Well, it ties back exactly. And this, this is a really important point. It is hard. And so just because it's hard doesn't mean we avoid it or don't do it. Although those are ways that we can respond, but it ties back to those mindsets, right? It's that, yeah. that, expectation wait it, people expect me to do xyz mm -hmm. but what if we as Good. we are transforming women because we're invited to become more like christ throughout our journey here what if we start providing rest to our people as we recognize the benefit of rest for ourselves and lead differently yeah. I I have admired other women leaders who are willing to risk the productivity because the New York Times today had an article about productivity matters. And I thought, 
here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. Yeah. The culture is speaking over us and mm. we need to discern again. That's yeah. a, that's a process, right? But it, it involves our thought life and our, our rest in our souls. We need to discern what voice are we willing to listen to? And the invitation to rest is, is a hard one because mm. the rest of the noise is telling yeah. the opposite, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And and yet here you are, and this have, must have been something since we're early in the year. Um, <laughs> you did in 2023, but you are, are launching, have launched a new course, which just sounds like such a beautiful invitation. Can you say a little bit about that? Uh, the work sure. that I imagine was a while ago, and now that's why you need to rest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was part of it. Yeah. So I just released a new course called Heal After Your Hurt. And mm -hmm. it is by far the most vulnerable thing I've ever done. I went through a situation where trust was broken, which I think mm -hmm. we've all experienced in one way or another, personally, professionally, yes. in our families, you know, at church, yeah. at work, that I think is part of being human. And so I wrote my way through that because mm -hmm. I felt like God took me on a healing journey. And I feel like I'd healed in deeper ways than I had more than ever before. And I just kept writing. And at some point I felt like God was saying, this is for more than just you. Oh. And I shared with a friend who was going through something similar. And she's like, Holly, this is really helpful. Like other people need this too. Oh. And so I think having one person say that gave me the courage to think about how can I share this? And so it felt like the cor a course was the right fit. Because I think healing is a journey. And what I felt in the beginning was overwhelmed. Like I mm -hmm. needed a curator to say like, I felt like I got dropped in the jungle with, you know, no map and Ooh. a dull axe. <laughs> yeah. People were like, hack your way out of there. And, and where's the path? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I did not do it perfectly, but I do think I hacked the path through the jungle, me and Jesus. Yeah. And now this course is saying like, you got to do your own work. You got to take your own steps. But if you want a path, here's how I went through healing step-by-step step and what it felt like, because that was the other part. I think we can feel alone in, in hard things in our lives. So I wanted to be someone else who said, you're not the only one who's ever felt this way or struggled with this. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that was a real labor of love. And I recently released it and it's been really empowering in a way I did not expect. I think when hard things happen in our lives, we can go from hurt to healing to becoming healers. Mm. And the course was the final step for me. I had healed. I wanted to make sure I had healed before I put anything into the world about it. Yeah. But I felt like, okay, I've this is a different place. And so that's my hope and prayer for every woman who goes through it too, that mm. she comes in hurting, she heals, and then she becomes a healer. Even if that's just, I'm going to encourage one friend over coffee, you know, I think becoming a healer looks different for all of this, all of us, but I yeah. think it's something that God has for us at the end of our hard stories. And that's been really empowering in a way I didn't expect. So yes, yeah. heal after your heart is my new course. <laughs> I love it. I love that you recognized that through that journey the value of the writing and hearing the Lord remind you, this is for more than you, mm. that also 
that you recognized you had healed. And you probably talk about it in your course, so I don't want any spoilers, but <laughs> how did you know that you had healed? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it felt like the difference between a wound and a scar. Oh. Like for so long, everything around this was so tender. Mm -hmm. And even the slightest bump was like, oh, that hurts. You know, that hurts. Like there's mm -hmm. still more healing to do here. And then there came a day where I was like, huh, this feels like a scar. You know, that I know it happened. I'll always remember how hard mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. but it's no longer actively causing me new pain. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the difference. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that was it just over time. And I knew like, I just, I didn't keep thinking about it all the time. I didn't need to talk about it as much. I wasn't mm -hmm. writing about it as mm -hmm. much anymore. It mm -hmm. felt like I've done the work, you know, Jesus yeah. and I've done the work and Will it always be a tender place for me? Absolutely. But scars is are, it actively, yeah, is it actively painful? Not in the same way. Yeah. And so I think that's how I knew that, okay, I've, I've transitioned to a different place with this. That's a beautiful distinction. Thank you for, for taking that question on the fly, because I know, I know many women who are hurting and are in the process of trying to discern, I still have to see this person. How do I continue in this kind of relationship when this is, you know, still raw? So I, I just want to say to, to you as a listener, Holly is offering you this amazing gift of 25% off this brand new course. So if this is speaking to you, that's going to be in the show notes and the link to how you can sign up and what you need to say. Um, and, and thank you for that generous gift to, to these women who are listening, who like us have had trust broken in one way or another. And, and it really is, it's hard to heal especially when you're still interacting at some capacity. So this is, this is so great, Holly. Thank you for doing <laughs> that hard work because that took courage and, and to be willing to put it out into the world for other women to, to benefit from, because there's, there's not a person walking who hasn't experienced some perception of broken trust, mm -hmm. whether the other person has no clue <laughs> or it was intentional that that neither thing it's we're talking about what's going on inside of each one of us and what a gift and you are a gift and continue to be oh thank so, you <laughs> I, I am so grateful for your time today and and i know that the women who have listened are going to be encouraged as well and you'll find some people signing up for that course and following you on socials and all of that kind of stuff so Thanks again for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Privilege. Thank you for sharing your valuable time with me. There are so many great podcasts to listen to. You choosing this one means a lot to me, especially. If you found value in this particular episode, would you please share it with a friend? 
Sharing helps others know what you find interesting and valuable. And plus, it allows the algorithm to pay attention to the interest in this podcast. And if you aren't already following Let Go Lean In podcast, would you take a minute to do that now, please? I feel needy asking this, but the way that algorithms work, when you subscribe and you rate the show and you write a review, more people see the podcast in the suggested for you section, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another streaming platform. This is an easy way for you to help other women learn to let go lean in. One final piece of information. This podcast is ad-free thanks to generous subscribers to my Substack, Learning Along the Way. I share more there than on a podcast episode. We're a growing community and I'd love to have you join us as either a free or paid subscriber. There are extra perks as a paid subscriber, like monthly Zoom gatherings and quarterly one-to-one coaching for founding members. Head over to Learning Along the Way on Substack. The link to Substack is in the show notes. I really appreciate you sharing your valuable time with me. Thanks again for being here. See you next time.